Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the midst of a little bit of a technical difficulties, we are live with volume. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Our scripture this morning will come from the book of St. Luke, and I will read from chapter 2, and I'll begin at verse 8. Now uh, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For, un, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his eternal word. Amen. Our praise and worship ministry. Oh! 
Hallelujah, 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 hallel
heaven. The Lord is high above the heaven. And his glory above the nation. And his glory above the nation. The Lord is high above the heaven. The Lord is high above the heaven. And his glory above the nation. And his glory above the nation. The Lord is high above the heaven. The Lord is high above the heaven. And his glory above the nation. And his glory above the nation. The Lord is high above the heaven. The Lord is high above the heaven. And his glory above the nation. Come on and give God the highest praise, acknowledging Him always. And all the people say, Today. He is worthy of the praise. He is worthy of the honor. 
Father. He is a good God and he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the name of Jesus. The Lord is certainly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Ooh, I love that song. Amen. Yeah, he's high above the heavens and his glory above the earth. Bless the name of Jesus. Again, we thank the Lord for this opportunity uh, to be in worship this morning. And thank God for all of you who have joined us in worship today. Amen. A couple of things before I go into the message, and I do want uh, uh, to give the Lord praise for another day. Um, as much as I don't want to, to, to do this, um, I believe that for the safety and protection of us all, that it is time for us to go back to virtual worship. Um, I'm not afraid, but I also know that we must use wisdom. Um, we've had um, two members of our congregation to be diagnosed with COVID-19. Now, they haven't been to worship. However, this thing is, is so um, uh, un, what? Un what? <laughs> Unpredictable, yes. That you just don't know um, when you might be exposed and that you have been exposed until you've tested and the positive test has come back, if you've been exposed. Uh, and therefore, if you're exposed on Friday, Thursday, and you come to, should happen to come to worship, uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I don't want to be responsible for anyone who comes to worship uh, being exposed. And let me say this. Being diagnosed with COVID-19 should not be a stigma. There's nothing shameful about it. If, if, if you were, were, were exposed and, and you ended up sick, it wasn't like you went out looking for it or you did something wrong uh, to get it. So you need to let people know. Yeah, so that people will know how uh, to protect themselves and to help protect you. Um, so I know that's disappointing, 
but these two months, uh, so these January and February were supposed to be worse than it was in the summer. And of course, you know, with Americans, we don't like restrictions. We want to be free to do what we want to do. So even though we were advised not to travel for Thanksgiving, not to get together with family, many people still did. And we're seeing hospitals fill up. We're seeing the medical professionals being overwhelmed. And, you know, and I think that's a part that a lot of people don't think about. Even with teachers in school, people want their children back in school, back in school. And, and it's like teachers, teachers have a responsibility to teach uh, regardless of whether they are exposed or not. So sometimes parents are very selfish. I know, you, I know it's hard for children to learn at home, but sometimes people are very selfish in what they want at the expense of others. And so even with medical professions, professionals, it's been distressing to me to just think about people who are doctors and nurses and staff and what have you who've had to go to work in spite of the possibility of being exposed and getting sick, and some of them have died. So um, beginning next Sunday, we will be doing virtual worship again. We won't meet in the sanctuary. Uh, probably won't meet in the sanctuary again until the end of February, March. So, so be in prayer. Join us online. Pray. If you're one of those people that you just get all depressed and stressed out because you can't come to worship, I don't. I, you know, I really don't think it's these people that come to worship anyhow. <laughs> I know I'm taking up time. I think it's those people that don't want to come to worship, but they want to see you there, and they want to see you praising so they can lay at home in their pajamas and what have you and still enjoy the worship. So so as much as I hate to say that, uh, th that's necessary. Amen. And join us on Christmas morning at 9 o'clock. Share the, share the preview on your Facebook pages so that everybody will know. Uh, that's going to be a kind of different thing because it's not just the ministers that are participating. It's all age groups in the church that will participate in and, and will be participating uh, on Facebook, on TOP members. Trevor has asked that some of us will share some things so we can prepare for watch night service, which will be virtual as well. Amen. And we will, we will join together in communion, all right, about five minutes after 12. So you can, you can, you can do your bread and your, your juice from home, or you can take some with you while you're here. But for those who are not in the sanctuary, uh, you can, I started asking y'all to bake unleavened bread, but <laughs> there's been too much unleavened bread for a few people in the house. Let's go into the word of the Lord this morning, uh, Luke chapter 2. Praise the Lord. And I will try my very best to, to be uh, brief since I've taken up time talking about other things. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Uh, and it came to pass in those days that, there went, that, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place <clears throat> when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. 
Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. I want to talk about God's unseen hand. God's unseen hand. So, Father, thank you for this opportunity uh, to stand in this holy place and proclaim your holy word. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit, the God that I will teach and preach and minister under your anointing today, that I will be clear in what you've given me to communicate, and that I will communicate it effectively and thoroughly so that your people, your name will be blessed, your kingdom advance, and your people blessed. Have your way now. We yield to you and look to you. Amen. 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 Before I go on, and let's pray for our members who are, who've been exposed and uh, who've tested positive for COVID-19. I did not say that. I didn't want to intend to say that. Uh, you don't have to know who, just pray. Amen. Amen. And just know that if you share with me, if we were continuing in worship and you were exposed, you should inform me so that I can inform others who've been attending worship so that they will know how to take care of themselves. But yeah. All right. God's unseen hand. Okay. Of course, talking about this, this is uh, no new concept, uh, but maybe just the terminology of it. But there are some things in the account of Jesus' birth uh, that will bless us and help us in the midst of life and life situations that we find ourselves in from time to time. We've talked about how Christ's birth spoke or speaks to us about worrying two weeks ago. Uh, Consequent, uh, the, the Lord Jesus came to bring peace into the hearts and the lives of people, uh, of those who will trust him of everybody, but specifically those who will trust him. Consequently, we are not to worry, and we have been specifically told by Jesus, do not worry. Do not worry. Because of God's presence with us at all times, we can trust him in every situation, okay? We've also seen how the birth of Christ was the overflowing of God's grace um, in our lives, beginning with the incarnation and culminated in his death and, and his resurrection, in Jesus' death and resurrection. He paid the debt, all right, that we owed to satisfy divine justice because of our sins. It's paid in full, all right? We are freed uh, from it completely and forever, forever. Nothing is hanging over our heads, all right? We can live life in Christ to the fullest in the here and the now, and we can look forward to an, etern to an eternity in the presence of God in heaven. Today, <clears throat> the Lord has taken me back to this birth account uh, of Jesus, and has shown me a few other important truths that we need as we live in this world, um, as we live in this world and as we experience life as we experience life in this world. Um, you see, in our finiteness, 
Brother Kenton. And see, in our finiteness, we only see what is before us, and we only know, we only know what we have been taught and what we've learned from our experiences and from our teachers. All right? Oh, yeah. All right? Uh, consequently, we can't see into tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Okay? We don't know what the future holds. We can make assumptions. Now, we can draw conclusions, all right? Uh, but we really don't know because we can't see into tomorrow, all right? We can't see. However, at our best, uh, yeah, yeah. So at our best, not however, so at our best, we're only assuming about tomorrow. So we need somebody. We need someone uh, who sees what we don't see. We need someone who knows what we don't know, all right, to, to, to be the guide for our lives, to lead us into our tomorrows. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need someone who can lead us into our destiny, someone who sees, someone who knows, someone who is in charge, who, 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 who sits above us, who who is in control of the world, who has the power to lead us and the concern to lead us into our destinies. Without this leadership, our lives are destined to failure. All right? We may live, we may live life and may think that we're happy, but we'll fall far short of what God has destined for our lives. Okay? Without God's leadership, we will become overwhelmed. We will become frustrated by life's ups and downs. Without God's direction, without God's inspiration, without God's uh, teaching us, we will become overwhelmed by life's ups and downs, life's, life's twists and life's turns, life's heartaches and life's hardships and life's pains, and even the attacks of the enemy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as I wrestled with the scripture, dealing with Christ's birth, actually I was, I was looking at something else and the Lord woke me up at 3 o'clock Thursday morning and began to speak something into my spirit. Um, and I was wrestling with that, but as I was wrestling uh, with this, and it all centers in the birth narrative of Christ. The Lord showed me some things about how he is at work in our lives without us realizing it. Okay? Right. How he's at work in our lives to bring about his good pleasure and to aid us in fulfilling our destinies when we don't even realize it. And I was reading, and I ran across the phrase, God's unseen hand. God's unseen hand at work in our lives. So, thinking about that, let's see what the scripture reveals to us about God's unseen hand in our lives. In the birth narrative, in the birth narrative, because, you know, this is, this is the Christmas season, and, and, and our focus has to be on Christ and what Christ is speaking to us in this season, in this time. Not what I'm going to get for Christmas. Right? Not what I'm going to cook for Christmas dinner. You know, what is the Lord speaking? 
What is the Lord speaking? That we need to hear. That will help us in our lives. Because I think we need help. Yeah. I, I think we need help. Have you ever been frustrated by how things don't seem to turn out the way you think they ought to turn out? Have you ever wanted something to happen and it didn't happen? It seemed like it wasn't going to happen. Have you ever been surprised when something worked out that you had really forgotten all about? Well, with the birth of Christ, we see that God's hand was at work directing systems of this world to fulfill his divine purpose. Directing systems of this world. When I, when I wrote that, and I was thinking about that this morning, I said, now, if God can do work, direct a world system, how much more can he direct a supervisor on a job? How much more can he direct a professor in a classroom? How much more can he direct a teacher in a school? How much more can he direct a doctor in his office? Are you listening to me? So God was at work in Christ in this situation directing world systems to fulfill his divine purpose. This world is not out of control. It is not. You know, we look around us and, uh, you know, I, I, if you, I have this news app on my phone and I realize what they're doing. They just keep pop. They keep coming up with 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 with, with uh, headlines and titles to get your attention, to get you to read. So you read all this foolish stuff that's going on in the United States today, you know, and you would think that, you know, that, that, that things are out of control. I mean, you know, Donald Trump and some of his people are talking about uh, 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 exercising martial law uh, to, to, to take the election back. They said the election was stolen. You know, and I haven't figured out yet why the Republicans are the only righteous people in America. I ain't figured that out yet. You know, the, the Democrats are, are demonic, you know, and the Republicans are righteous and they're right. I haven't figured out why Donald Trump couldn't lose the election. I, I haven't figured that out, you know. You know, but now, now mind you, the mindset of these people, the mindset of these kind of people are the same kind of people who supported Hitler. The same mindset, same kind of people who would keep a Putin in power. So where did they come from? You know, what is their agenda? But 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 you got to know that this world is not out of control. The United States of America is not even out of control. God is on the throne in heaven. He still rules and he still reigns. He is the God of the universe. He reigns supreme and he reigns alone. He has not yielded his ownership of this world to anyone, not even Satan. So, 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 so look at what God was doing in Jesus's birth, okay? 700 years before Christ was born, in the, the prophet Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, prophesied, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, or whose origins are from old, from ancient times. 700 years, this is a prophecy of the birth of Christ that would take place in Bethlehem. 
How would this happen? How would this happen? Well, God's unseen hand was at work. And at the right time, someone say at the right time. You see, you got to wait for the right time to come in your life. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got to wait for the right time to come. Uh, uh, yeah, when we go to the library and we talk about things not happening, they say God's time is the right time. God's time is always the right time. You know, you're in a hurry. You want it to happen now. But, but God's time is the right time. God has a time set in your life. I'm, that's, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me slow down. Let me slow down just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So we all know the, the circumstances of Jesus' birth, right? You read the story. Every Christmas we read the story. Every Christmas we read. If we don't read it any other time, we read it at Christmas time. And we read it from the different versions of the Bible. You may not pick up Matthew, may you may not pick up Luke any other time, but at Christmas, you know the story, okay? So we know the circumstances. A Roman census for tax purposes had been declared, okay? That was a Roman plan. And God had a plan that needed fulfilling. And God used the vehicle of the Roman government to do it. Yeah. Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem for prophecy to be fulfilled. But Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth. And this thing had to happen at the right time. All right, Jesus' birth had to happen at the right time. So Mary didn't get pregnant a year before, two years before, and had to stay pregnant for two whole years for this to happen. It had to happen at the right time. So at the right time, Bible says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And we used to read in the old King James, all the world should be taxed, okay? All the world should be registered. This was the first census. This was the first census. When Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own city and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called what? It had to happen where? In Bethlehem. Y'all follow me now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You didn't expect that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary. He didn't leave Mary behind. Because to be betrothed in marriage in that day was literally to be married. That's why when he found out that she was pregnant, he considered putting her, divorcing her quietly. But remember, and that he got the message from the angel too, not to put her away. So, so, so God orchestrated all of this at the right time through the Roman government. Through the greed of Rome. Mm, 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 mm. Lord have mercy. God orchestrated this thing. 
He orchestrated it. Listen now. Listen now. Nobody but a sovereign God could have orchestrated this to happen just the way he did. God's unseen hand was at work throughout history, behind the scenes, putting things in place, making things happen at the right time. We have to always remember saints that God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do it, when he wants to do it. Time is no barrier to him. Governments are no barrier to him. Boundaries, distance, time, space, they are no barriers to the sovereign God. Human circumstances are no barrier to, the, to God for fulfilling his plans and his purposes. Nothing can stop God. Whatever the Lord has spoken to you, there are some things that the Lord has spoken in your spirit. There are some things, some of you may have forgotten the prophetic word years ago, and it has not yet been fulfilled. But don't give up on God. You know, we sing that song, don't give up on God, he won't give up on you. Because he's able. Not only is he able, but he's faithful. He's a God of his word. What he said, he will perform. Hey, he may not do it in your time. Yeah, yeah. He's an on-time God. <laughs> yes, he is. Hallelujah. Uh, he's an in-time God, glory to God. He doesn't come on time. He comes in time, glory to God. Amen? So nothing can stop him. His unseen hand is at work in your life right now. Right now, right now, about his plans and his purposes for you. He says to Jeremiah, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. That has to become rhema to you. If you're waiting on God, keep on waiting on God. Because God can even orchestrate the government. God can orchestrate the systems of the world if he has to, to bring about his plans and his purposes in your life. Secondly, secondly, as I looked at this birth account, the Lord showed me that adverse situations and circumstances won't break you when the promises of God are in you. I'll say it again. Adverse circumstances and situations in your life won't break you when the promises of God are in you. Oof. I'll say that again. Adverse situations and circumstances in your life won't break you when the promises of God are in you. I just I want you to chew on that for a little bit because that says something. That says that the promises of God have got to be in you. That means then that you got to give yourself to the Lord. You got to open yourself up to the Lord. You got to open yourself up to his word. You got to read his word. Everybody who doesn't take time to read the Bible, you don't have time. You know, it doesn't even interest you. You got everything else to do and you don't have time to sit down and get in the presence of the Lord so you can get the promises of God. Remember, all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You just don't have time to give God any time except Sunday morning. If you come to worship. So where are his promises? 
So when trouble comes, Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, I can't make it. Lord, I can't stand. Lord, I'm ready to give up. But the Lord showed me that adverse situations and circumstances won't break you when the promises of God are in you. Mary had the promise of God in her. She was pregnant with the promise of God. Joseph too was pregnant with the promise of God. He wasn't carrying the baby per se, but he had the promise of God in him. And he stood with his wife. They were one. And he helped his wife in any way he could. So in a sense, both of them were expecting. Are you expecting today? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Both of them were pregnant with the promise of God. I hear in my spirit that, that, that you and I need to get, if you're not, you need to get pregnant with the promises of God if you will make it through the hardships in your life. Oh, hardships will come. Some people are going through hardships right now. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. And some people can't get to the be of good cheer part because they're focusing on the tribulation. They can't get to the be of good cheer part. They can't get to the counting all joy when you're falling in the divers' trials. They can't get there because they've fallen into the trials and the trials are overwhelming them. But the but but God is showing us that when the promises, when his promise is in us and we are pregnant with his promise, regardless of the hardship, regardless of the trial, regardless of the tribulation, those things will not overwhelm us. They will not overwhelm us. Hallelujah. God might have spoke something into you years ago that has not happened. You've given up on it. You've forgotten about it. But I want you to know. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God says to you, don't limit me. Don't put me in a box. Don't limit me by time, by your concept of time and space. Because it has not happened. Remember, it took 700 years from the prophecy to the fulfillment. God said, don't limit me by your concept of time and space. Don't, 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 don't say because it hadn't happened in 10 years that it's not going to happen. Is the Lord speaking to anybody this morning? God says, I supersede time and space. I am not limited by your concept of time and space because I'm sovereign. I sit outside of time. Amen. I, I sit outside of space. I orchestrate time and space. I am the ruler of the universe. And I move as I want to move, where I want to move. There's nothing you can do to twist my hand and make me move faster. You can fast for 20 days, for 60 days, for 100 days, but you will not twist my hand. Because I know when the best time is. And in the midst of that, you may go through hardships. Many times hardships break people. Many times trials and tribulations break people. They say, why God? Why did you forget about me? God said, I didn't forget about you. I'm just waiting. They sent Jesus a message and said, the one you love is sick. 
Jesus kept on doing what he was doing. Then at the right time, he said, come on, let's go. And they said, well, Master, he's probably already dead now. And see, that's what happens to a whole lot of promises in people's lives. They let them die. And then when they die, they forget that there's a God of the resurrection. So I'm saying something to you today. You may have let it die. You may have let the promise die, but there's a God who's the God of the resurrection. He has the power over death and hell and the grave. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to that promise. God says that I gave you years ago. Revive or allow me to revive that word in you. Get pregnant with that word. It is my promise to you. Glory to God. As long as you're pregnant with my promise, you will endure every hardship. As long as you are pregnant with my promises, hardships won't seem so difficult to you. As long as you're pregnant with my promises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do you see this in the text? Well, Mary and Joseph had to go from, Beth, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. 75 miles. They didn't have a car. There was no airplane. They could not buy a ticket. They had to go on a donkey. Now, I have never been pregnant. I'm a man. But every lady in here knows that the closer you get to the day of delivery, it becomes more difficult. Can you imagine riding a donkey for 75 miles? Isaiah said, mm -mm. <laughs> and it's not a laughing matter. Seventy-five miles, a donkey, and 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 for those men who don't like to walk, can you imagine walking seventy-five miles? And can you imagine if you care for your wife? And you love your wife seeing her on a donkey for 75 miles. Whew. But she was carrying the promise of God. <laughs> Ooh, Lord have mercy. She was carrying it. She was, she was carrying the promise of God. And they arrived at Bethlehem. And when they got there, Throughout the whole city, there was no room found in the inn or in an inn. The Bible says in the inn. Maybe that was the only inn in town. And from what I was reading, inns in those days had an open sleeping plan. I guess it was sort of like everybody just had a cot in a building like this. And, and so there was no space. So many people had come that they couldn't even sleep on the floor in the inn. A pregnant lady almost ready to deliver. After having traveled 75 miles. But the Bible doesn't say that Mary complained. The Bible doesn't say that Joseph complained. So what do they do? They find a place in an ox stall, in a, in a barn. 
Now, of course, it could be, have been anything because in those days, as it is in some places in Africa, people kept their cows inside of the compound, their, their animals in the compound with them. So from what I read, uh, it could have been the basement level where they had for the ox to, for the animals to stay in the house with them. But just think of that. And then consider this. Everybody knows and every midwife would know that when a lady is getting ready to deliver a baby, she needs to be in a sterile environment. They try to do everything to keep down bacteria so there's no infection. So here they are in a stable. Now, of course, if they kept the animals in the house, they would keep the stable clean. But still, you're not cleaning away bacteria. You're not trying to disinfect. Now, since Corona, we've been disinfecting everything. Uh, COVID-19, we have been dis disinfecting the stairwells in our house, the doorknobs on our house. We've been disinfecting the, 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 the grocery that we bring in. We've been disinfecting our hands. You know, we have to disinfect, then we have to wipe with lotion because otherwise we, we disinfected all the skin off of our hands. We're disinfecting everything. Sometimes I forget and I touch my face and I get my hand sanitizer and I wipe my whole face. They say, don't put it on your face, but if I have a Clorox wipe and I did the wrong thing, I'm going to wipe my face. <laughs> but there was nothing like that for them. But what, guess what? This hardship did not break Mary and Joseph. God kept them safe in the midst of of this church, and, and you know, it, it had it, 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 it had to be strange because they knew who they were carrying, they knew the promise that they didn't God know that they were headed to Bethlehem, didn't God know that they would need a room, didn't God know that she was gonna have a child, but nothing was there for them, but it didn't break them. It didn't break them. God is speaking to somebody this morning. Somebody is ready to give up. Somebody is ready to throw in a towel. Somebody is frustrated with God. But I want to tell you that if you're carrying the promise of God in you, nothing will be able to stop you. Nothing will be able to break you. Take your mind off of that situation. Take your mind off of that circumstance. Put your mind back on the Lord. Put your mind back. God knows. God sees. There's nothing hidden from his eyes. He's doing something in the midst of this process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wants you to get pregnant with his promises again. Huh? He wants you to be, he wants you to be heavily pregnant with his promises. He don't want you to be a little bit pregnant. He don't want you just to stay at the one month level or the one day level. He wants you to be at that nine month level. Heavily pregnant with his promises. Because in the right time, glory to God, delivery was going, is going to come forth. At the right time, glory to God, you're going to deliver. The promises will be manifested in your life. Last thing, last thing, last thing I want to tell you. Whew. Glory to God. When God's unseen hand is at work in your life, and I just have to tell you because sometimes I don't see how things uh, work together uh, in the message, but I just have to tell you the way the Lord showed it to me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. When God's hand, when God's unseen hand is at work in your life, 
Uh, you don't have to be the most famous person in the world. You don't have to be the smartest. Mm. You don't have to be the best dressed. You don't have to come from the right family when God's hand is at work in your life. Uh, he will use you. Just plain, ordinary you. Lord have mercy. Just plain, ordinary, unadorned, uh, unnoticed you. Lord have mercy. You know, when I, when I read this, I, I, I had to think about my own story. You know, who would have thought that a little, a little barefoot boy born in Blair, South Carolina, hey, Blair is a little, little country place, amen, that, that borders Broad River in Fairfield County, South Carolina, uh, out in the sticks, swinging on muscadine vines like Tarzan in the movie. That's how we used to make our swings. You know, we find a muscadine vine in the woods and, and one, that went from one tree to the next because there were so many of us. Daddy didn't have money to, to waste on his, his ropes that he used to plow the mule with us to make a swing with. So we had to find a muscadine vine in the woods, and we were swinging. We made, we made toys out of anything we could make toys out of. Go to the creek under the bridge and dig out, a, dig out in the sand where the sand was nice and soft. Dig out a hole and make a, it wasn't big enough to swim in, but you could play in the water in the creek. I mean, who would have thought that a little country boy, amen, from Blair, South Carolina, would have gone and, to Rome and to, to Italy and to, and, to, and to all of these places in Africa and to Canada and done all of the things that the Lord has allowed me to do. But when God wants to use you, you don't have to come from the right family. <laughs> you don't have to have to have the right education. There are too many people who look at others in the kingdom and they say, I can't do what she does. I can't do what he does. So, so there is, that's nothing that I can do. But let me tell you that when God wants to use you, his hand will be at work in your life behind the scenes and he will orchestrate. If you will avail yourself to him, he will orchestrate it so he can use you for his glory. James Cleveland wrote a song years ago. Ordinary people. God uses ordinary people. People like you and me. And I don't remember all of the words. People like you and me, uh, in essence, uh, who will avail themselves uh, to, to the master. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who will give themselves to the Lord and allow him to use them. So he, he uses ordinary people. I didn't read this when I came back, but I read it earlier. So how do you see this in the scripture? Well, there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Ordinary shepherds in the field that night, watching over their flock. These ordinary shepherds were the first to receive the message. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. Hallelujah. And said unto them, unto you <clears throat> this day, glory to God, uh, is born a Savior in the city of David, which is Christ. Ordinary shepherd. Somebody say ordinary. Stop thinking you don't have anything to offer. Because when you're ordinary to yourself and you're ordinary to other people, you're extraordinary to God. You're extraordinary to God. Ordinary shepherds, ordinary shepherds got the message first. Besides Jesus' family, they were the first to see the Savior. Ordinary shepherds. Ordinary shepherds. 
ordinary shepherds were the first to carry the message. So they were the first evangelists, ordinary shepherds. Paul declared in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 1, verses 25 through 27, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame those things that are mighty. Think about where you came from. Now look at how God is using you today. And ask yourself, who would have thought? Do you really, do you really understand? When you think about where you came from, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Do you ever stop? If I can be personal right now, I was just reading the other day, and I keep looking at this young man, and I keep seeing what God is doing. I don't know all of his humble beginnings, but I remember when he, when he came to T.O.P. Look at him now. <laughs> Glory to God. Ordinary people. God's hand has been at work behind the scenes. Don't give up on God. I look at my son and I see how God is orchestrating things in his life. And we talk about what he wants to do and how things, how things are working out. Sometimes he gets frustrated and I said, you know, God's time is the right time. When this doesn't work out, that's not what God planned for you. Ordinary people. Ooh. But you got to avail yourself to the Lord. When God's unseen hand is at work in your, Lord, in, in your life, you don't have to be the best speaker. You don't have to be the best singer. You don't have to be the best person for the job when God's hand is at work. Lord have mercy. <laughs> you know, I know we like excellence in all that we do, but the anointing will make you excellent. The anointing will make you hit notes you didn't think you could hit. Am I right? You don't have to be the best. It's the anointing that makes a difference. Whew. Yeah. You don't have to be the most glamorous person in the world. You don't have to be the most educated. God will use you for his purposes. So don't ever be disheartened because you are not like the next person. Or you don't have what the next person has. Or you didn't come from the same family that the other person came from. The important thing is for God's hand to be at work in your life. You won't see his hand because it's always behind the scene. But he'll fulfill his divine purpose for your life. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Thank you as we look at the birth of Christ and all that we see wrapped up in his birth. Thank you for sending Christ 
into this world so that we could see you, know you, and trust you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this morning, I'd like to give that invitation. If there's someone today who doesn't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, I want to give you the invitation, the, the opportunity today to ask Christ to come into your life. If you ask him, Sincerely, if you mean what you say, you want to be saved. You want to be in this place where God's hand will begin to orchestrate things and bring you into your destiny. Give yourself to Jesus. Remember, availing yourself to the Lord is what's important. Availing yourself to the Lord for the unsaved starts with saying yes to the Lord. I was watching this movie the other day. And this lady was married to this guy. Her father was a pastor. But her husband was not saved. Now we don't recommend that. Amen. We don't recommend that. This is this lady's story. It doesn't have to be your story if you're unmarried. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, sometimes people go against the will of God and they marry people that are not saved. So the husband was not saved and throughout their marriage they had eight children, the nine children she miscarried and almost destroyed their marriage. But one day she said to him, she said, I want to be with you forever. Not just in this life, but in eternity. Well, now, of course, you know, the Bible teaches us about marriage in heaven. Don't go to heaven thinking you're going to be seeing your husband, your wife, and y'all going to be married. <laughs> but this is her story. And he went to that service that last day. And he stood outside, he ne ne all through that marriage, he never went in the sanctuary. He stood outside and he smoked his cigarette, church long. He listened to the message from the outside. He thought church people were hypocritical. You know how people think about us, all those hypocrites in the church. And he heard people talking about his wife one day and they were church members. You know how people do. Some people, they got loose tongues. They don't know how to not gossip. And that even concretized in his mind how hypocritical church people were. But the Holy Ghost was dealing with him. And his wife said, I want to be with you eternity and eternity. And she walked away from him with tears in her eyes as she walked in the sanctuary. And he stood outside and he paced and he smoked cigarettes and he paced. And this is supposed to be a true story. And at the end, as his daughter stood and sang, just as I am, without one plea, but that thou blood was shed for me, that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. He walked up the steps of that sanctuary, stood in the door with tears in his eyes and walked down to the altar and said, I surrender. Somebody needs to surrender today. Stop running from the Lord. God only wants good for you. He, 
He wants you to know that, yes, trouble will come in your life. Being saved doesn't mean that you're not going to have heartaches and pains, but it means that he's at work. He's for you. He's with you. And even though he has to allow certain things to be, and sometimes they will be difficult things, he's always at work to bring about his will and his good pleasure for your life. And in his own time, when the time is right, he's going to do what no power in this world can do. He's going to bring those things to pass for you. Give yourself to the Lord. Receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Let this Christmas be the first Christmas of the rest of your life where you've yielded yourself to Jesus. That's why he came. He came to save us. He came to reconcile us. He came so that we could have life. So if you're listening to me and you want to receive Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I've lived my life for myself. I realize that I can't save myself. Well, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You paid the debt that I owed because of my sin. Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life. Please, come into my life today. Save me from my sin. I receive you right now as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for hearing me. I believe that you've answered me. Amen. If you pray that prayer, according to what the Word of God teaches us, you're saved by your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He shed his blood on Calvary, paid the price for your sins so that you could be reckoned. You don't have to pay that price anymore. Physically, we will die, but spiritually, we will live on forever with him. There's no separation between us and God unless you turn around and go back the other way. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become his sons and his daughters. You're saved today. Write to us and let us know. On our website, there's a place for you to send us a message because you need to be connected to the body of Christ. You need to grow in the Lord. There's so much you don't know, so much you need to learn. So if you write to us and let us know, we will follow up with you. If you need a church home, if you're not in this area, we can connect with you and help you find the church. If you want to connect with us virtually, we will fix, set it up so that you can, we'll follow up with you wherever you are. And we will follow up with you and we will set in place mechanisms to help you grow in the Lord and pray with you on a regular basis. But we need to know. We need to be able to contact you. Amen. I want to pray for us in the sanctuary. I want to pray for believers online. This message speaks to God's hand being at work in our lives. So many people have given up on God. So many people have given up on their promise, on, on God's promises. So many people have given up on their hopes and dreams. 
because it seemed like God it was taking too long or that God didn't hear or God didn't care or adverse situations and circumstances came about and it got so hard that they felt they couldn't bear it. The word of God has spoken to you today. Even if you feel like you're ordinary and you don't have anything to offer, God has spoken to you today. His hand is at work in your life. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for loving us so much that you will reach us where we are. We have hopes and dreams that some of us have given up on. Some of us, Lord God, are wondering when, wondering how long. Some of us are being attacked by the enemy. Our minds are, are being attacked. Our bodies are being attacked. Our families, our finances are being attacked. And it seems like we will never come into what you've ordained for us. But thank you for your word today. Thank you for the encouragement in, at the right time. We know that you're going to move. We know that you're going to bring that breakthrough in our lives. So help us to be faithful. Help us to look back to you. Stir up that word, that preceding word that will go forth. Help us, God, as we focus in on that word to revive that word in us. To revive that promise in us. And help us to hold on until your time comes. Because in the fullness of time, you will manifest your promise in our lives. Thank you now. Meet every need that's in this house. Meet every need that's on this line. For those who've been diagnosed with COVID-19, we speak healing in their bodies. We thank you that COVID-19 will not take them out. We thank you, Lord God, that by your stripes, we are healed. They are healed. We thank you, God, for a turnaround that's taking place right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the taste returning. Thank you for the smell returning. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah for, for the congestion leaving. Thank you, Lord God. We speak it. We decree it now in the name of Jesus that there will be no adverse effects from COVID-19 in these people's bodies. Thank you that you love them with an everlasting love like you love all of us. Thank you, Father. We trust you for your divine protection. We trust you for your love and your grace. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in. Please uh, give online if you, if you uh, and, and with us going to virtual worship, all of us who've been bringing our tithes and offerings, we need to go back to giving online. Don't stop. Don't stop supporting the ministry. Uh, so next Sunday. Yes, we had a special Christmas offering for today. Um, yeah, please, ma'am, please. We ask you, we want to be a blessing uh, to the children at the orphanage in Liberia, at the orphanage that we take care of in Buchanan. So if you can share something today, please, ma'am, and please, sir, do that. If you can't, if you can't give today while you're here, give it online, and we need to get it to them this week. When is Christmas? Next week. It's Friday of this week. So I need to send it as quickly as possible. So please, ma'am, and please, so let's do that. If you're I'm still on. So if you're listening online and you want to give and be a blessing uh, to the orphanage in, in Liberia, please do so today. Uh, through through PayPal or through GiveLify. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. And may, may his peace be with you and his divine protection as you go from this place. 
It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.